Live from Washington, D.C., we're in Studio 2025. This is the first edition of Chunky Glasses, Chunky Cast. Let's rock. Hey there, boys and girls. This is Kevin. We are uh, here to talk about some new music. We're here with the Chunky Glasses team. We got Paul. Hey. And we got Andre, who, who just made sweet love to his microphone. Oh, I did, I did. Uh, <laughs> Only way to do it when the Boston is rocking. <laughs> this is true. We apologize for any... Ass rock to be shoved in your ears, but it's gonna happen. So, uh, not your thing. And let's not continue. Anyways, I'm sorry. We, we barely are... started, and Andre's already filleting a microphone, and yeah. Kevin's talking about <laughs> the ass in your ears. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, um, so basically, like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about a little bit of music and uh, talk about a little music that happened in the past like two months. Um, and there's been a lot of good albums that came out. So first up, we got uh, Andre, who's gonna. Tell us a little bit about Punch Brothers, and then we're going to sort of fight it out. So, Andre? Oh, I'm starting already. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to play a little bit of a track here. And this track, let's, let's get this thing going. Let's make sure it's working. It's... Okay, so this is uh, naturally the song that most people heard off of this album, the first opening track of the Punch Brothers' new album. And uh, it's the one that they actually put out first. Um, kind of the the preview, mm. and uh, and so kind of get people excited, wet their appetite a little bit, you know. And it's actually called Movement and Location. Exactly. And Open, so opening track, you know. We've got Movement and Location for you now. Exactly. So take a listen. Let's take a listen real quick. So I've I've coined this song because it came out before all the others as the Tron phenomena, and so um, basically you know you're mixing some fucking metaphors. Yeah, exactly. Here. Well, when they put this song out, and we heard, I heard it for the I know Kevin sent it to me. He's like, you got to check this out, and, you know, and I like the Punch Brothers, and I and I played it at work, and you know, and I'm sitting at work at my desk with a nerd boner in my pants after <laughs> I heard this one song, you know, and I'm just like. This, you know, because it blew my my fucking head off, you know, it's, it was great. Sure. And, and um, much in the similar sense that when Kevin sent me the Tron 2 trailer, you know, many years back uh, now, I, I had a very similar phenomena in my pants. <laughs> and so I'm just saying. Um, but, and the reason that I bring it up here, and it's really just because it set this expectation in my head for what... I thought this whole album was going to be right after I heard this one track. I was like, Oh, this is going to totally be insane in this direction that they went on this one particular song. Yeah. Much in the same way that the Tron two trailer had me thinking that this was going to, I know maybe it's not a great analogy, but it just was taking me in a certain direction. But then when I got to the album as a whole, and then I finally got to hear the whole thing Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite exactly <laughs> in the same direction that I thought it was going to go in. It, it was you know. kind of like when you realized Jeff Bridges was God. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just true. It's exactly. True. You know, it's like you're like, okay, I think it's going to be this thing. I know it's going to might not live up to all these things, but 
And, and for, for the record, like, don't let anybody ever come up to Paul and ask him to watch Tron Legacy because he will stab you in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite possible. <laughs> so, I just, that's going to happen. That movie but, sucks hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But we're, do- we're talking about But music, if you saw so. the trailer, were you like, this might be pretty cool? Uh, you know, much like the Watchmen trailer. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no. and so people, we could call ma- it. People make a lot of money, you know, for making good trailers sure. for shitty movies. So I think we need to reword this and just call it the trailer phenomena. And I'm not saying that with these guys because I, I think there's a, a great series of songs underneath that. Yeah. And and I think, uh, and you know, and I think some of the things that came out of that was that you have a group of guys who are really good musicians. They know all these different styles of music. They can play anything they want, and for example, you know they covered Kid A, ra- a Radiohead song yeah, yeah, on their which, album, and they can which, do that if which, they want. Which I thought was actually fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I know people are like not actually like they're vacillating back and forth on it, but I, I think it's it's a measure of like how good a band they are. They can take those sounds. And I, and I mean, I wrote the fucking review, so yeah. they can take those sounds and like make them on acoustic instruments is a fantastic attention to like music. Sure. And okay. it just, uh, yeah. But it doesn't make a great album. Exactly. Cause well, I th- go I'm ahead. sorry. I, I just going to say, it also shows just a, a whole lot of chutzpah for a, you know, a relatively young band. This isn't, this isn't a band that's been around. Well, Christina is not relatively young, though. you got to remember, I mean, this guy's been playing mandolin since, like, five years old. And he's been, like, a phenom in, like, the Nashville scene. And then he did Nickel Creek and sold millions of albums. Yeah, they were. Sure. He's lived the superstar life, and this was, like, sort of the vanity project. Sure, but the band itself hasn't been around for all that long. That's true. And, you know, coming together as a group right right there, I guess the first thing I thought about was, and it's it's not a direct analogy, but you see a cover like that, uh, the the first EP that TV on the radio did, where the, the hidden yeah. track at the end was the, um, was the acapella version of Mr. Greaves right there. Like, that took a lot of balls. Now, yeah. they were newer than Punch Brothers are, and they didn't have any kind of, uh, any kind of pedigree at that point. Mm. But it's that same kind of move, I think. Yeah, no, no I think it is. Yeah. Um, so the song, I guess, we're gonna like feature here is uh, what is the song? Well, I picked a, uh, I picked "No Concern of Yours," which okay. is actually the third. I think you know that last song. A lot of people have heard now because it's the one they put out for a while to kind of get attention around the album. I think the title track, uh, "Who's Feeling Young Now," is kind of standing out and on the. And yeah. People are paying attention to that one just because it's dramatically different, but. Um, I think it's standing. That one's standing out just because it is dramatically different than anything they've done before. It sounds yep. like this crazy pop song, and Kevin, you know. By the way, it. I just noticed we're wearing Rosewood shirts, both of us. That's fucked up. Okay, <laughs> I'm not for the record. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Paul on, is not on. wearing a shirt for the record. <laughs> yeah, or anything. Yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. He's wearing one sock. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd pick this one just because you know. I kind of see this album as a whole as kind of this transition point for them is they're they're trying out, they're indulging all their interests and trying out all these different things. They're still playing the traditional stuff that they have always done, but then they're kind of venturing into these new worlds and kind of trying out new things. And um, I think this song, and I'm just going to start it up here, kind of starts to, it kind of melds those two. It's, it's, I felt it was a great example of how there's, I felt like they were still trying to um, melding their two styles together here, and so this this sounds like a traditional song that they've already played, you know, that they would normally play. This could have been on Chris Thiele's album, you know, way back, but they're going to change it up here a little bit. All right. 
So that was no concern of yours off the Punch Brothers new album, Who's Feeling Young Now? And so, and, you know, I selected that song just like I was kind of saying, you know, it's kind of an example of what I feel of this whole album is their transition piece. They're taking, they're melding that old stuff, traditional stuff with this kind of newer kind of like what's going on. It's very, sometimes a little dark and kind of, you don't really know where it's going. And, um, and I guess at the same time, that's why I'm hoping that they'll just kind of move into more of that direction of like that first song movement and location and then some of the darker areas of this and just create a group of songs that kind of seem to fit together a little better. That's really the big thing. I think they're kind of, you know, working with a lot of different ideas right now and they're just, you know, bringing something together. Yeah. And I love the Kid A cover. Yeah. I think it's a great performance of the song. Yeah, it's... But for for me, it actually, I find it to be kind of an oddball on this album. Uh-huh. You know, I almost see it like as a B-side or a hidden track, mm-hmm. like you said. I, I think it you know? could be a B-side. And that, that would be, that would be, have been interesting if yeah. they had just been like, or like a, a single. Exactly. You know? Just kind of put it out there, we do this. And I think because one of the things is that I know they play a lot of Radiohead songs in their live performances. And yeah. they've been playing a lot of those songs for many years. And, um, and I guess it was kind of like, oh, that's a space in an album where... You know, this this is a band that could actually create a song that actually does sound in that vein of music. You know, just well, their own original. The step, you know, and that's what I'm thinking. That this this album is that, that hopefully, next. Hopefully, they'll take if they exactly. If, if they don't, I mean, honestly, it's like I, I love me some Punch Brothers, but it's gonna get like tiresome. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah, it's, it's actually yeah. But but. Yeah, so uh, moving on to the next item of the day, we have Paul here to talk about uh, a release that was, what, like 17? How many years in the making? It was a long time. It was a long fucking time. Uh, <laughs> but we're talking about uh, Leonard Cohen's old ideas, uh, which are 
apparently old ideas indeed, but uh, we'll let Paul tell you a little more about it and like see what he has to say. Do you want to start with the track? Yeah, let's just uh, let's go straight into the track. Well, that was uh, different sides off of Leonard Cohen's new album, Old Ideas. Um, and I'll, I'll be the first to say right here, this might be uh, something that gets me kicked out of the music nerd club. But before this album, I, I actually was not that familiar with Leonard Cohen. He's like one of those names uh, that you know and you know individual songs. And I know yeah. some people are in love with his discography. Yeah. But yeah. I had never gotten that into his back catalog. And so this album just kind of blew me away. I mean, when you... A lot of times when you uh, when you see older artists or artists uh, who have been around for so long, they really are rehashing old ideas or covering their own tracks. Sure. Um, kind of just re- rehashing the same territory. And I really feel like uh, like Cohen broke some new ground here, having gone back to, to look at his old stuff. You can tell it's Leonard Cohen music, but it is coming out of really his life experience right here. Yeah. And he shifts back and forth a lot from his... Uh, from pure singer songwriter to bringing in the backup singers, uh, covering a lot of uh, a lot of different ground. I think within the within the tracks on the album, um, it's it's a young year, but it's easily my favorite album of the year so far. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen to this album constantly <laughs> I, because yeah, because I was like, I honestly like, I, I was like, well, Paul's obviously going to talk about Leonard Cohen, but like that. Really? Wow. Yeah, it really is, and, and I, who knows how well it'll hold up? Maybe it's something that's uh, that's just going through. Uh, Perhaps through Dawes right may now. release an album. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Dawes releases an album, then all other albums that are not Dawes <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. shall fall I mean, by the wayside. Exactly. But, but I mean, even the demos of the album will surpass anything that will come out this year. Right? Uh, what you don't understand is yeah. Dawes doesn't do demos. Yeah. Oh, oh. They don't need to. Dawes okay. comes uh, in okay, once. Okay, okay, yeah. old. Should not have been your <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like how even though, you know, his, his, how he sings is, you know, kind of, you know, generally pretty flat, but he just creates these melodies that kind of yeah. accompany him at the same time, which when we listen to some other artists who just don't have that kind of vocal range, you know, he can still somehow, whether it's with the music or like bringing those backup singers in and just like creating a whole vibe around that. Sure. So that. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's an artist who knows I guess what age has done to his voice yeah. and what he's able to do right now and can still make himself sound really good like I think I think Tom Waits does a good job of that too though of yeah. course in a, in a different way but you well alright you have a different opinion about me than I do but uh, um, but you know Dylan doesn't do that well anymore uh, <laughs> I mean he never did it that well but he doesn't do it well at all anymore uh, you, you look at uh, Johnny Cash at the end of his life some of his some of his covers Sure. Really covered that well, but some of them he was trying to do too much, that sort of thing. Yeah. But I feel like Cohen is always within himself, and he's still he's still one of the best songwriters out there or ever. So yeah, I mean it, it's a very uh, uh, and I still haven't gotten familiar with it as I want to be, but it's a very like comforting album. Like I tweeted out, it's like drowning in like the best finest aged scotch that you could possibly have, and it, it really yeah. is that voice. 
is just uh and it's always been there but this now it's it's just like where it needs to be and it's finally and, aged yeah and, and and like as somebody who's getting like a little older and stuff it's like i it, i could not appreciate this album at 20s in my 20s and if you are 20 you don't <laughs> but uh, it, it is something that you should hear, and you'll appreciate it later on because, yeah, uh, just especially, stick it and, and I think in the scope of his catalog, it's uh, it is some of his best songwriting because he's he's just been away. I mean, he doesn't necessarily he writes wanky songs from time to time, but but so does everybody. Uh, but this is more focused and just better than anything he's done in like like a long, long time. Yeah. Well, it's one you'll stick um, in your back pocket and hang on to for a while. You yeah, know? Just like, yeah. It doesn't really. I mean, it's you. I mean, you put it on. You put it on when you're just like, you can put it on when you're just like sitting there. Like if it would, like snow in DC, for example, <laughs> like ever. ever. But you, yeah. you put it on when like you're sitting there with your lady or your cats, you know, whatever. And and it's just like enjoyable. And, and that's what music is supposed yeah. to be. You just described and my uh, Monday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. So I laid in the sun with my cat and listened to that entire album, you know, half asleep and it was it just put you in a relaxing mode, you know. Yeah. It does though. It's, you know, I think it's great headphone music cuz there's there's a lot of melancholy in here too. Yeah. You know, it's it, yeah. he's looking back not only on his life but on, you know, whatever bit of it is left right here. He's got some real sadness in here, and when you really start parsing down some of the lyrics, like maybe you don't want to drink too much scotch with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe true. And I think he notes that in a few songs. Yeah, do we want to listen to another song off of that? Yeah, we've got one more. Let's do that. This is uh, "Going Home," I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. actually, this is probably my favorite track of the album. Yeah, we're going in reverse because the first one was the last track on the album, and this one is the, the first, first track. So let's let's hear "Going Home" from Leonard Cohen. I'd love to speak with Leonard He's a sportsman and a shepherd He's a lazy bastard living in a suit But he does say what I tell him Even though it isn't welcome he just doesn't have the freedom to refuse. He will speak these words of wisdom like a sage, a man of vision, though he knows he's really nothing but the brief elaboration of a tube. Going home without my sorrow, going home sometime tomorrow, going home to where Better than before Going home without my burden Going home behind the curtain Going home without the costume that I wore Going 
certain that he doesn't have a burden, that he doesn't need a vision, that he only has permission to do my instant bidding, which is to say what I have told him to repeat. Going home without my sorrow, going home sometime tomorrow, going home to where it's better than before. And that was Leonard Cohen's Going Home, which is uh, by far like my favorite track on the album. Uh, it's just, uh, I, yeah, it's great. So coming off of uh, Leonard Cohen, uh, what we've got is uh, my pick for uh, the album so far. And actually, this is my favorite album this year. Uh, and wow. it, I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about hospitality, and then we'll have to just, wait for episode two and three to yeah, see if that changes this at is, all. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Because Paul, you said Leonard Cohen was your. That's true. I mean, we are in February. We, we are, are in yeah. February. <laughs> but uh, let's give you a little taste of hospitality right now, and then we'll talk about it. So here we go. It's just friends of friends with hospitality. So that is the, uh, I guess, their new hit, uh, Friends and Friends, uh, from uh, Hospitality. Actually, there's a video that you can see on the site that, uh, starring maybe from Arrested Development, so fans of that. So uh, I know what I think, but uh, let's talk to uh, you guys. <laughs> well, well, first let me ask, how are we defining hit? Is this in quotes right yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's... Uh, it's got the most airplay, like on I, I guess the blogosphere, um, of, of any song like recently that I can even think of. It's a blogo hit. Yeah, it's a blogo hit. Okay, nice. Um, okay. But I mean, I think that's a hit in quotes, right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you get like any cast member of the cast of Arrested Development involved, and like you sort of have a hit. I think until the movie comes out, a lot of them are begging for change on the side of the Hollywood freeway, right? Jesus. So, Paul, (laughs) what do you think of this uh, album? Well, I'm just trying to figure out how you can tell the songs apart on the album. Oh, okay. To me, this is just, uh, you know, it's pleasant enough. It's tweeds. Poppy. You said it's tweed. So, so basically, you don't, like, enjoy, like, that New York sound. Because, I mean, that's what I think... Wait, wait, hold on. How is this, quote, that New York I think it is. I I, I think it evokes, like, CBGB's, like, talking heads, Blondie, and all that stuff that, like, people try so often to do. And it gets labeled as twee, but, like, what you have in this is that somebody who succeeded, and they write some, like, good songs. And, you know, the whole album, there's there's one or two songs that's like, yeah, they're not great. But in context, you know, I think they fucking knocked it out of the park with this, but... Well, I just, 
I guess I don't hear the same things that you do in there. And the other, the other thing is, I, I don't hate the album. It's yeah. not like I'm going out there and I'll turn it off when it's on. I just, yeah. it's background music for me. Yeah. I, I, I was listening to it uh, again today to try to make sure that you know nothing had changed between the first several times I listened to it and this yeah. podcast. And I put it on, and and uh, my girlfriend was like she basically when i turned it off she was like oh that was that was pretty nice for background music i was writing i didn't have to pay attention to it exactly. and i'm like that's <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about it i said thank you yeah. this gave me a good uh, a good clip for the podcast here all right so, yeah uh, andre well it gets a little you know they find their poppy notes and you can't really dislike that but i guess you know the thing that i thought about you know it's easy to like it the moment you hear it because there's really not much to really dislike about it because it is like, woo, that's kind of yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah, woo, this is great, you know. But it's a different pop sense than, say, like, for example, you know, and I know we love, a lot of us love the Fruit Bats, and it's just yeah, like, yeah. they he takes a pop sensibility yeah. that maybe takes a few more listens sometimes to kind of get into it. It maybe Sometimes he uses it yeah. right away, like, yeah. woo, this is like, you're going to like this no matter what, right away. But sometimes I'm going to do something a little different that's going to be a little more... A little more difficult to get into in terms of the the pop ability, you know. But shouldn't music be a little bit more polarizing? Because I agree, there's sure. nothing to dislike about uh, it. Apparently, it is. But there's nothing to there's nothing to dislike about it. But I don't see anything to really like about it. It just yeah. kind of is there. So so let, let's let's play what is to really like about yeah. it. You're wrong. That's a good <laughs> a idea. Bit. Well, let's... but uh, this is a song. The birthday. This is my favorite track. And uh, yeah, so let's just hit that. Let's try that one out. So that is uh, the birthday off of Hospitality's debut album. Uh, during the little break, Paul was saying how he wouldn't be listening to this next year, and uh, I was saying how it sounds like a Muppet caper. So let's talk about it. Well, it might sound like a Muppet caper, but I guess the way I think about this is the way I think about those uh, biopics and 
middle of the road movies that come out in time for the Oscars every year. They might look decent when you first see them, but are you going to remember them next year? I mean, who right now is saying, oh, I'm going to go back out and watch The King's Speech? Nobody cares. And <laughs> that's how I feel about <laughs> Wow. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> Uh, I, I think you are, and I think uh, I, I think because of uh, the reasons I cited for you know the, the album, like why I like it, you know, is I think it's, it it sort of is a uh, example of how to do it right. But but I think, I think I, though, at sometimes they're in a way taking advantage of the interest of people musically right now. You know, sure. It's like it sounds sure. like it's from you, you referenced Blondie and Talking Heads, yeah. and it's just like calling back to the '80s, and that's a big and thing. It, and that song has the dance beat, and let's do it, you know. And it's and, and, and I'm the, not saying it's a bad and, thing. And the funny just, thing yeah. is, the funny thing is, like, so like I interviewed Amber, and we're going to run that interview later. Sure. But she like actually asked her favorite songwriter, and she was like Neil Young, and like, well, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's great, but yeah. it's, it's like it's weird. But uh, she definitely like. Uh, they've been at this a long time. Uh, I, I am glad to see them like getting uh, where they need to be. Mm, hopefully, better work from them in the future, according to Paul. Well, yeah, and and I I like that they're having success. And any any artist having success is great. I have a lot of respect for people who do this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, reasonable people can dis- disagree, and it's just not my cup of tea. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. and, and it's their first album. Right. I mean, you really can't complain true. about that. That's you know, true. it's a pretty good collection of songs for first album so yeah yeah well actually they had an ep oh that's but, true uh, well first album link way to insult the band hey man <laughs> so Jeez. Uh, getting so, insulted uh, by the founder of chunky so Kevin, Kevin worships their yeah, entire yeah, yeah, exactly yes i do uh <laughs> and uh all right so we're gonna take a little beer break and uh when we come back we're going to have uh well it was supposed to be the contributor fight but now apparently hospitality is <laughs> feeling for that feeling so that, yeah. uh we're gonna come back and uh yeah we'll talk to you in a few. Everybody's saying that the lights don't shine but the lights shine down on me. Got a new friend, I'm a new friend, his name is Jesus. I met him in the parking lot, he took me in his car. I got a new friend, I'm a new friend, his name is Jesus. He rode around all afternoon, he sold me his guitar. I got a new friend, I'm a new friend, his name is Jesus. Now people give me sideways looks when we set up on the strand. It's hard to suck with Jesus in your band. And that is the only good line in this new Craig Finn record, at least according to me. Uh, so, Paul, let's talk about <laughs> the new Craig Finn record. As Hold yeah. Steady fans, let's talk. You're wearing a Hold Steady shirt. So. That I am. Oh, wow. That I am. So you you're came su- prepared. You're, you're supporting. I am a Hold Steady fan. I think uh, Kevin's opinion on this record is uh, out there on the internet right now. And yeah, it is. He did not enjoy it. No. Um, my my quick hit on it is that I think that uh, Kevin's review was uh, very harsh. <laughs> on the- <laughs> and I don't think Kevin would disagree. You, don't think so? um, you, you shouldn't ask me to write angry reviews. <laughs> let's try. I have yeah. <laughs> Mea culpa. But... Um, I think that there was a lot to like about this album. I don't think it was a classic by any means. It was not up there with the first three Hold Steady albums. But <laughs> Really? Wow. You don't think it was up there with the last three Hold Steady albums? 
The first but three holds first together. Three, yeah. First three. No, I, I, Craig Finn's a great storyteller, though. And honestly, I, I love to hear what he comes up with. And I think that there were a lot of themes explored in this album that would not have been appropriately explored within the context of the Hold Steady. The Hold Steady works off of a nouveau classic rock so. riff. Well, the, the Hold, Ste- the hold <laughs> Steady is a, like an updated classic rock sound. They're, they're raucous, they're positive. There are a lot of really negative, dark songs on not this anymore. album. They still are. They still, you know, you might not like their last album, uh, but they are still a positive band okay. that is... I think still focused on on anthems, the occasional ballad. They they work within a hold steady universe yeah. for the most part. Well, that's why people always there. like their live shows, right? Yeah, and their live shows are epic. They yeah. are some of the best live shows. I, I they brought a that. positive energy, and yeah. people just like that. And, and the actually, thing, the last time they played in the Nine Thirty Club, it, I mean, even though I wrote sort of a bad review based on the material, I mean, there still is nothing like that. And as much as like I've spilled beer in your fucking face, <laughs> so and like that's true. Yeah, and. And, you know, that's what you do. Yeah, it may be the only show where I tried to triple fist throughout my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not a move I'd recommend. No. Nah. Um, but you pulled it off. For a while. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, I think that that's what Craig Finn was going for here. He, with Lifter Puller, he had an, uh, uh, an art punk way of telling his stories with the hold steady he had more of a classic rock way of telling different stories and i think he had stories to tell that didn't fit within the confines of the band that he was in so he went out and tried to explore more of a singer songwriter nashville vibe and there are there are parts of the album where i think this really works and there are parts where it really doesn't the song that that you brought up with here <laughs> yeah it, it stinks it's yeah it's one of the well, two it's one of the two worst songs on the album and unfortunately the other worst song on the album um, is the ostensible single from the album Honolulu Blues yeah. oh, but yeah. in between those two songs and around those two songs i think are some real gems and i think that Craig Finn as long as he continues with the hold steady is going to need this secondary outlet for some of those uh, those other darker tunes and I would anticipate that his second uh, that his second solo album so which I'm sure is going to come is going to be even better than this because I think he'll he'll figure out what works and what doesn't off of this first one yeah. okay okay well, why don't we hear one of the tracks we'll hear one actually, of those yeah. and, and you can read Paul on his new blog music so it sucks hey, dot com oh, wow jeez <laughs> well here's a song that doesn't <laughs> suck jeez <laughs> I didn't know we were going to come here and just get ridiculed. This is just a hazing. No, is this hazing? It might be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll be putting all my content there instead yeah. of something Yes, to you. exactly. Well, why don't we do one that, uh, should we do when no one's watching? Yeah, let's do that let's one. Let's try yeah. that one out. Sorry.
at the wagon wheel Didn't know what to tell her She said she saw you walking by a building She said maybe you're ashamed That things turn out this way You said you had to hurry off to something She used to let her use her place To put on your better face It went on for years She saw some bad things She told me what you told her About how you really loved her That's a hero that you are When no one's watching Feasting on the weakness Of the women who are thinking You might be held to half The things you told them The rackets that you left And the places that you slept Moving through the bars And slowly stalking Someone you can use That finds you charming It's just the way our hero does his bidding Off the lies to lonely women Now I heard that she went running back into Maria's arms She said it's really just the best thing for the baby And Maria never found another man to love and comfort And every time you come back, she's there waiting. So you're right into the sunset and it all ends up so happy. All right, so that was an example of uh, one of the songs that I really like off of Craig Finn's new album, to contrast with the one that uh, Kevin had us throw <laughs> in with. Yeah. So. Now, do you think he, he went down and recorded with a band? This wasn't... This was just a group of guys that he got together. Yeah, I don't know. Are, what, I heard some backstory on this, but I don't I know think all the was, details. I think they were... He didn't know, know the band. Yeah. He didn't know the band And even. he went down to Nashville okay. and recorded it pretty quickly with sure. those guys. Yeah, yeah. So there might not be the same um, level of comfort, shall we say, that there, right. that there are with uh, the other members of the Hold Steady. Yeah, and that was the only thing that I noticed. You know, and I'm not a Hold... I'm just not... haven't listened to much of their catalog, but just from my perception of listening to it, it just sounded like the band just didn't open up or provide much in areas where maybe they could have if they knew the material really well. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's a fair critique. Yeah. I, I, but I also think that what he was going for was more of a focus on the lyrics and the storytelling exactly. here well, than on some of the more you know musical elements of it, I guess. Well, that's what I noticed, too, is because he just kind of keeps going. Yeah. The band, it doesn't kind of give it... Sometimes I felt like it needed a little room to breathe. You know, sometimes songs just kind of need a little open space, and it just didn't have much. He just kind of keeps... Doing this kind of spoken word thing over it. Yeah, I mean, so, and, so are you is, saying you're going to camp out at the Rock and Roll Hotel next week? Or? Are people camping out? I don't know. I, I doubt it. Um, I think is Paul are, is Paul going to be there? I'm not because yeah. the Rock and Roll Hotel is a terrible place to see. Shows. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> wow. whoa, wow. okay. Well, wow. Uh, let's let's go with that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, C E G Kurt Vile last year. I'm sorry, Rock yeah. and Roll Hotel. Prove yeah. me wrong. Rosebuds with uh, hospitality was good, though. No, you're right, Paul. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. Sadly, uh, Aubrey may be going down to the show. Yeah, we'll exactly. See. We'll okay. see if they don't hate us. It's just learning about population dynamics and just, you know, <laughs> understanding those processes. By population dynamics, you yeah. mean not shoving ten people into an eight-person space? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we got off on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, anybody not in D.C. won't understand. But anyways, uh, so that's about it for uh, the inaugural Chunky Glasses podcast. Uh, we don't have a name for the podcast, so if you have a name uh, and want to suggest it, then please send it to info at chunkyglasses.com. 
thanks to Paul and Andre for uh, like yeah, doing. Well, we got to get to that this. chicken that's roasting outside we, we, right we now. We do. We do. It's we got get, a can because of this is the only yeah. podcast that is fueled by <laughs> beer and roasted meat, mm-hmm. and you have to remember that. Um, in we're looking for uh, maybe in two weeks. Uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff. Uh, Damien Hirata, which is my other favorite album of the year. Um, Andrew Bird. Uh, there's I don't even know why a new Sinead Connor album out. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, hopefully we'll get Ethan in here to talk about Sleigh Bells and. Then there's that new Springsteen album that everybody is sort of chomping at the bit for. So, uh, thank you for listening, and this is Chunky Les's signing out.